0: Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Ben Greenfield. I'm the Get Fit Guy. And today in a special two-part podcast series, you're going to learn about the problem with pollution in gyms. And then next week, you'll learn about how you can effectively exercise outdoors and still get really, really fit doing so. So Recently, I've been exercising outdoors far, far more than I usually do. As a matter of fact, these days I'm in the gym about an average of once every two weeks or so. This stands in pretty stark contrast to the years when I was a bodybuilder spending one and a half to two hours in the morning pumping iron at the health club, typically followed by another visit later in the afternoon or early evening. Now, don't get me wrong. If the only thing that keeps you physically active, exercising, and motivated to train or live healthy is a gym membership or a regular visit to your health club, then that's far, far better than laying on the couch, eating Twinkies, and watching Game of Thrones. But at the same time, there are some big problems with gyms and some big benefits to being outdoors that you're going to discover in this two-part episode. And today, like I mentioned, we're going to focus on gyms. You're going to learn about the problem with gyms and tight indoor spaces where lots of people are exercising. And then in the next episode, you're going to learn not only about how to exercise outdoors and some tips to exercise outdoors, but also the potent mental and physical fixes that nature can provide. So Let's start with the problem with gyms. Recent studies, and I'll give you a full list of those studies if you go to quickanddirtytips.com slash getfitguy239. That's getfitguy239. Recent studies have highlighted the fact that there are concerningly high levels of carcinogens in the air of the average fitness center, as well as significant amounts of harmful bacteria on the surfaces of fitness equipment like treadmills and weight training machines. Well, I've addressed the problem with air pollution in my episode called, Is Exercising and Pollution Bad for You? And the takeaway message from that episode is that compared to skipping exercise altogether, it's still better to exercise even if you're in a polluted area. But at the same time, the CDC, the EPA, and plenty of medical journals have found that exposure to air pollutants in urban areas is linked to higher rates of asthma and abnormal heart rhythms and increases your risk of death from cardiovascular disease, respiratory diseases, and all causes. So what this means is that if you actually do have the choice between, say, exercising in your backyard or a nearby park or forest, versus exercising in a tiny indoor gym space, you'd actually be far better off with the former. And then there's recent data showing that indoor air quality in some fitness centers may be just as harmful to your health as the air pollutants in urban areas. For example, one study last year in the journal Building an Environment found unacceptably high levels of carbon dioxide, formaldehyde, and other volatile organic compounds, also called VOCs, and particle pollution in multiple indoor fitness centers. Now next, there's carbon dioxide. Since expiration releases carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide levels significantly rise when there's lots of people huffing and puffing in a room, especially if that room is poorly ventilated. So the more folks you cram into an indoor space running on treadmills, rowing, riding bikes, lifting weights, and jumping around, the worse the quality of the air in that space. That's why I'm a bigger fan of even home gyms compared to commercial gyms. And I'm also a fan of, if you are going to go to the gym, getting in and out quickly by using strategies like high-intensity interval training, also known as HIT Well, one study showed the highest levels of CO2 in an interior room used for indoor cycling spin classes. I'm not saying these CO2 levels are toxic and they're going to kill you when you step in there to a spin class, but they're not completely harmless either. This is all the more concerning when you consider the fact that most building owners, and gyms often lease from building owners, save money by recycling used air instead of heating or cooling fresh air from the outside. And then there's the issue with mold. My friend Dave Asprey just released a documentary called Moldy, and I'll link to it if you go to quickanddirtytips.com getfitguy239. And in that documentary, he talks about hidden sources of environmental mold that deleteriously affect the health of more than 100 million people worldwide. Indoor mold can be even more damaging than well-known pollutants like asbestos and lead. And unfortunately, mold is common in gyms, locker rooms, swimming pool areas, and saunas because they are full of bacteria combined with moist air. These inhaled mold toxins can be just as harmful as mold that you eat from a piece of old food. Now, I've worked at plenty of gyms and health clubs and know for a fact that the cleaning procedures at many of these facilities are less than stellar and that mold is often ignored or left to hang out for long periods of time. A good test for the cleanliness of your gym is to leave a small piece of chewed gum in a corner, ledge, crack space, etc., and see how many days it takes for the gum to disappear. You'd be shocked. And if someone catches you stowing gum away in the gym, just tell them the get fit guy told you to do it. So if your gym or the locker room area in your health club is somewhat humid, smells like sweaty socks, or has frequent puddles or pools of water that are there throughout the day, there are very likely mold and fungus issues. Now next, there's the problem with something called particulate matter in indoor spaces like gyms. And particulate matter is a mixture of solid and liquid droplets like nitrates, sulfates, organic chemicals, metals, and soil or dust. And they can come from rubber mats, metal plates, and dumbbells banging together, and even dead pieces of skin from other people working out. Yeah, yuck factor. The problem is that these particles are small enough to pass through your nasal cavities and enter your lungs, especially when you're breathing hard in an indoor exercise environment. Now, unfortunately, over a quarter of the gyms in the study I mentioned earlier exceed the indoor limit for these kind of particles. It is true that HEPA air filters and a good gym cleaning protocol can help out quite a bit in this situation, unless the cleaners are actually made of toxic chemicals then these can enter the air and get recirculated. And even school gymnasiums have been found to contain significantly high levels of particulate matter like dust, soil, and bacteria that can trigger immune, asthmatic, and allergic responses in susceptible children. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday.
1: You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS
0: I wanna mention also the issue of volatile organic compounds, which I just mentioned briefly. Exposure to these VOCs in high levels can cause things like skin irritation, neurotoxicity, hepatotoxicity, which is toxicity of the liver, and many other issues. But the scary fact is that over 80% of the gyms that have been studied exceed the acceptable level of unsafe VOCs. And these include compounds like formaldehyde, fire retardants, acetone, and other substances that off gas from carpeting, furniture, cleaners, paint, and many other items that you'll find in a gym. Levels of VOCs tend to be higher in gyms with newer equipment and also in spaces that have been recently cleaned due to the cleaning chemicals used. And then finally, as if all that weren't enough, there are all those synthetic fragrances, colognes, and deodorants that your fellow gym goers have plastered all over their bodies and that are filling the air around you. I address these type of hormonal and endocrine disruptors in the episode on estrogen dominance, and I'll link to that in the show notes for this episode as well. But these can also be a serious issue that frustratingly can be out of your control unless you have the courage to ask the woman running on the treadmill next to you to slather on a bit less perfume next time. So the show notes and the links to some of the studies and references that I've talked about are over at quickanddirtytips.com getfitguy239. That's quickanddirtytips.com getfitguy239. Now, I don't just want to leave you hanging, so I am going to get into what you can do about some of these issues in next week's episode. But in the meantime, if you have more questions about the problem with pollution in indoor gyms and why you should exercise outdoors – then leave your thoughts over at facebook.com slash get fit guy. That's facebook.com slash get fit guy. And until next time, I'm Ben Greenfield, the get fit guy, asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit.